Welcome you guys all back. Uh, we're meeting again. You know, last Sunday was the hurricane. We had to cancel. We did our online service. But praise the Lord. I feel like he, um, the Lord nudged the, the hurricane a little bit, yeah, north. And, and we didn't get the effects that was uh, predicted. And I believe it's the answer to prayer. I really believe that. So it's great to be back here together and to see how God can work even in storms. Yeah, I was on Easter Sunday last April talking about storms. There were heavy rains and tornadoes that ripped through central Alabama. But when it was all over, there was three crosses that were set up at Lawyer Missionary Baptist that looked way different at the church. And there's a picture, I think. Yeah, there's a picture. So you can see two of the crosses had fallen on the ground, but the middle cross, which represents who? Jesus, right? was still standing after the storm. And I, wa I want you to, we're going to keep it up for a little moment. I want you to look at that, stare at that. I love that. You can say when, when we stick to Jesus, when storms come, we're going to make it through because of Jesus. Are you going through maybe a storm in your life today? Maybe you come here and you're struggling with some things and maybe it's knocked you down like the wind being so strong like the other two crosses there. Maybe it's knocked you down and emotionally you feel like giving up. Maybe your faith, it's been shut all up with, with doubt. There's holes of doubt there in your faith. Well, you know what I found? I found if I cling to the cross, if I cling to Jesus, you will make it through. You will get through, the, through to the end. And in the end, you'll still be standing just like that middle cross there. Well, this morning we're going to continue our verse-by-verse -verse study through the book of 1 Thessalonians. And, and, and in our passage today, we find how Paul is inspired by the Thessalonian believers and how they went through many things, but they were even though they were shaken, but they were still standing. So the title of our message is just that. Our title is Shaken But Still Standing. And uh, we're going to be in our passage today looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 from verse 1 through 8 this morning. Our outline is this, the concern, number 2, the conflict, and number 3, the comfort. So let's begin here with the concern, the concern. Now we're going to uh, look at verses 1 through 3 of chapter 3 of 1 Thessalonians here. And take a look with me with those verses. It says here, therefore... When we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ, to establish and exhort you in your faith. Verse 3, that no one be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are destined for this. Now we'll stop right here. We begin here in our passage in verse 1 where Paul says this first word, therefore. And you remember I always say whenever you see the word therefore, you've got to ask, why is it therefore? Well, it's there for a reason. It's connecting back. It's a conjunction, they call it, that connects to something previous to what Paul had written here. And I believe what he's looking at is verse 18. If you look at verse 18 of chapter 2, he says, because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. Paul wanted to get back to the Thessalonian believers in that city, but he was, he was hindered in going there. So, so Paul says, therefore, you know what, I, I, I couldn't wait any longer. 
it was weighing heavy on my heart. I couldn't bear it any longer on how you guys you were doing. So he writes here in verse 1 of chapter 3, So we're willing to be left behind and send Timothy off to you guys. Now Timothy is one of the team members, you know, who shares the gospel. He is with Paul and all of this, and they know Timothy. They're with, um, Timothy was with them when, when, when they were in the city of Thessalonica when they went there. So Paul says, that's why we sent Timothy. And so we sent Timothy, because I, I want to know what's going on. And so I sent Timothy, and if you look at verse 2 and 3, there's three reasons why he sent Timothy. And, and he writes here at the end of verse 2, to establish, and then to exhort you in your faith. And then number three, uh, verse 3 is number 3, and no one be moved by these afflictions. So, so the, he sends Timothy to find out what's going on, and so Timothy couldn't, to help them out, in the things that they're going through and facing. First of all, he says in verse 2, to establish. The word establish in the original language, in the Greek, it means to like support, put support up. It's like shoring up or putting braces up so something can stand even stronger. So here, uh, Paul is saying, I'm going to send Timothy to you guys so he can shore up your faith. So your faith will get stronger here. And then secondly, in verse 2, he says, to exhort you in your faith. The word exhort means to come alongside and motivate. That's what that means. So he's sending Timothy so he could go there and motivate them, help them, get, help them to, to grow stronger in the faith, to go to greater heights of faith there. And then the third thing in verse 3, he sends Timothy so that no one be moved by these afflictions. What's these afflictions? What are they going through? Persecution, remember. We've been talking about throughout our whole study here. So they're facing persecution and affliction and suffering and a lot of storms going on there. But Paul wants to make sure to send Timothy there so that they would not be moved. You know, the, the word here in the Greek, move, literally means wag the tail. Uh, speaking about a dog like wagging the tail. So I, so I believe what he's saying here is that, you know how storms come and things come and the, the trees move? Like they're being shaken. So you can translate that word to be that no one be shaken by these afflictions. And then Paul says in verse 3, For you, you yourselves know that we are destined for this. He's saying that, you know, this is expected, you guys. This, this is what, has, what happens when you come to the Lord. And it's expected to have affliction in persecution because of your faith. So what we see in these first three verses is Paul sends Timothy so their faith will not be shaken. And that was the concern of Paul, that maybe their faith would be shaken. So this was the concern. Now, the same ones who drove Paul out of the city, right, drove the missionary team that was with him out of the city, and we've talked about that, they were also giving the Thessalonians trouble too. And Paul knows that, that, that because of that, he was burdened for the possibility of these new believers now. They came and preached the gospel. They're new believers. That they would be affected by the affliction. That they would be shaken up here. Now, Paul says, you guys know we've been de destined. You've got to expect this. And, and I, I, what I picture is what Jesus said. Jesus said that um, th those who stand with them basically will suffer persecution. Persecution In John 15, 20, he said, If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So Paul sends Timothy to help the believers see this now. This is our point. Strength comes when your faith understands 
Suffering comes with the territory. Strength comes when your faith understands that suffering comes with the territory. You know, years ago, um, uh, we were coming into land in Maui. Uh, I, I forgot where I was coming from, but, I, but I, I distinctly remember coming in. And it was a pretty strong trade wind day, so, you know, the plane's like, you know, coming in. And, you know, it, you know how it turns around, and it's coming in like over Kihei on the other side. And we're coming in to Kaului Airport. And the trades were b- b- blowing pretty hard. The plane was, was pitching pretty bad. And then you could hear, right, people, Wah! and you could hear people talking and, you know, people getting worried because the plane's like pitching and everything and moving. There was turbulence. And then I heard the flight attendant come on the speaker. And I've never heard this before. In all the times I travel, I never heard uh, a flight attendant say this. I never heard it even after this. But the flight attendant comes on the speaker, you know, gets on the mic and comes on the speaker. And she says this, to help the nervous first-timers to Maui, Open your air vents, loosen up your collars, and try to relax. And then she said, and to the rest of you who fly here and live here, you know this is normal. And I thought, wow, I, I, I like that. You know, in other words, no worries. It's part of the territory. You're going to make it through. You know, that's the way it is here, and we're going to land safely. And I've never heard that. I thought, wow, that's really good. And that's what Paul, Paul sends Timothy to the Thessalonians to make sure they know that, hey, God didn't lose control. Uh, it's not the end of the world. And to, if you just understand, strength comes when your faith understands that suffering uh, is just part of the territory. Suffering comes with the, the territory. So let me ask you, are you going through some tough times today, right now? You know, right, when you stand for Jesus... Yeah. When you stand for the truths that are in the Bible, especially in our society today, especially what's, what's happening in our world today and where it's heading, you are going to come against opposition. Maybe perhaps recently you made a choice, and you, you maybe it was during the service here or online or something, but you made a choice recently to say, God, I'm making the choice to live for you. I'm making a choice to change my life. Maybe you made a decision to say, I'm turning from my sin and I'm going to follow what the Bible says. God, I, I, I want to show you I love you. Maybe you made a decision like that. Maybe you're here or you're connected online and you gave your heart to the Lord and you became a Christian. And then all of a sudden, all this trouble is going on. Whether it's from uh, relationships, a coworker, or family, or just situations, or people here, or there, and where all of a sudden it's like this this storm has come upon you when you made this decision. Well, you know what? We can find strength that this is normal. Suffering comes with the territory here when we really live and commit to Jesus Christ. I mean, think about this way. If the prophets of the past, yeah, if the apostles we read about in our Bible, if Jesus himself have gone through affliction for the faith, why are we any different, right? Why are we any different? 
I had to meditate on, on this for a while. It's, it's from Barton in his commentary, and I'm, I'm going to uh, read this to you. He was talking about how the word destined here in uh, verse 3, at the end of verse 3, it's the Greek word um, k-metha. And he goes on in his commentary, and he says this, It conveys that God appoints those who stand for him, and as a result, they experience persecution by society. And I had to stop and think about that for for a moment and for a little while. But you know what? It really spoke to my heart. But uh, this is what it says. I put it this way. God destines or appoints us believers to stand with Jesus. For God trusts we will keep the faith in persecution. I love that thought. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, God, you, 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 you destined, you appoint? Because you're trusting me, I'm going to stand. Then God, I'm going to stand. Yeah. So you see, we may be shaken, but we're still going to be standing. Let's go on to number two, the conflict, the conflict. We have number one, the concern of Paul. Hey, how are they doing? Are they going to make it? And then the conflict. And we go on here to verse four and five in First Thessalonians chapter three. Look at verse four. It says, for when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass. And just as you know, verse five, for this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. And we can stop right here. So we see in verse four. He, he's saying, look, you know when we were with you guys. When we came into town, shared the gospel, we discipled you guys. You know when we were with you that we kept telling you that before it even happened, that you were going to suffer persecution, that you were going to suffer affliction for your faith. And then it came to pass, right? Just And you know, you know it's come to pass here. So Paul's saying, that's why I'm sending you Timothy. That's why I needed to know how you're doing. Because I know that affliction is going to be coming. That suffering comes with the territory here when you, when you uh, uh, give your life to Christ. So I want to learn how you're doing. I want to learn about your faith. And, and, but I was in fear. And look at the end of verse uh, 5 once again. He says, for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor was vain. That everything we've done was, was for nothing because somehow the tempter might have tempted you guys. So Paul, he, he goes, I know you know what's gonna, what was going to happen. But what I don't know is the conflict, the battle there. I don't know if you gave in to the battle of temptation to quit. The temptation to quit. Doubt God and quit. Now, the tempter is who? We know. It's the enemy, Satan, right? But, you, you know, when, when we bring that up, when we talk about the tempter, we talk about Satan here, you know, uh, people, a lot of people in the world think that, is Satan really real? Is Satan really, you know, out there? I mean, some, some feel that, well, Satan is just a symbol yeah, of evil and bad in this world. Uh, some people feel like, well, there's not real, a real, you know, specific Satan guy kind of thing. It's just this bad force, yeah, in the universe. And it's equal to the good force, Star Wars kind of thinking, right? And, and so there's really not Satan, but there is, there's a bad and evil, but there's an equal good, good also there too. 
Some people think, well, Satan is, well, he's just a character in a story like, you know, uh, Captain Hook or, or um, Darth Vader or Corilla Deville. You guys know that one? Yeah, 101 Dalmatians, right? Yeah. Oh, he's just some character. But we know different, don't we? Satan is real because the Bible tells us, right? The Bible tells us that Satan is this fallen angel, and he took a third of the other angels, and there is, there is, they're in his army now. They're the demons, right? And Satan is the head of, of this evil force that's out there, angels in this spirit world, and they affect the physical world, and they affect our lives. That's what the Bible tells us. But because Satan is a fallen angel, he's a created being, so he is not equal to God, you guys. God is the creator. He's above all the angels, right? He's greater, more powerful than all that. I mean, these guys are powerful. They are. They're spirit beings. But God is much more powerful, and Satan is not equal to God. Understand? Understand that, right? And, 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 we, know, and we know also that, that Satan, his name in the Bible, it means adversary. That means he's our enemy, right? So everything that Satan does is to oppose God. He hates God. Everything he does is to go against him, fight against him, and, and do everything the opposite that God wants. He's our adversary. That's what Satan means. The word devil we find in the Bible, you know what that means? Slander. Slander. He slanders God. He slanders you and me. He slanders Jesus. I was thinking, think about how Jesus Christ, his holy name, the sweet name of Jesus has turned into a cuss word in our world. That's why. That, why is that? Because of the devil. Because of he's a slanderer. You know what I was thinking? The, word, the name devil has the word evil in it. D and evil. That's how you spell it, right? So I guess you can say he's the evil one. <laughs> the devil. Jesus also tells us in John 8, that Satan is the father of lies. So everything he says is a lie. Everything he promotes is a lie. He'll take truths from the Bible, Scripture, mix it with his lie, make it sound good, but it's a lie, you guys. It's a lie. No wonder, I mean, he's happy when people think there's not a real Satan. Satan's happy because they're believing that lie. Because we know in the word, word, it's not true. But you know what? We know in Revelation 20.10 that there's an end to our enemy, our adversary, this devil. And we know he will be thrown into the lake of fire. Amen? Amen. One day. One day. So here in our passage, though, Paul brings up this thought that Satan is also the tempter. He's the one that brings temptation into our lives. He's the one tempting us. And so if you understand his character, oh, what? we don't want to give in to his temptations, to his strategy and his ploy. And so Paul's saying, look, this tempter is going to do anything and everything he can to tempt us away from Jesus, to tempt us away from sticking to the Lord, to lead us astray, to to get us away from clinging on to that cross that's still standing. So here's what Paul's saying. Paul knows that we must watch out for when trouble comes, the tempter comes. Put that in your mind, you guys. This is what Paul's saying. This is why he's kind of concerned. Because there's this conflict going out, going out there. There's conflict going on. And so Paul's like, you know, I'm concerned. Because you've got to watch out for when trouble comes, the tempter 
comes. I was reading about a number of years ago, a 28-year-old Australian, Chloe McCardell, attempted to be the first woman to swim 110 miles from Cuba to uh, Florida. And all that, the article said, without a shark cage, because I guess there's a lot of sharks there, right? But she just went for it, and she swam. But 14 miles into her swim, I think it was about 11 hours, you guys, she ran into a swarm of stinging jellyfish. She swam right into it. And then later, this is what she said. I had one coming out of my mouth. I was pulling the tentacle out of my mouth. And then she said, in the midst of that pain and suffering, she, says, she said, I'm not coming back again. That's it. I don't blame her. <laughs> I wouldn't swim over there. Yeah, jellyfish in your mouth. Ooh. I don't know, well, that must have been so gross and the pain and stinging and all. You know what's interesting to me? That sharks did not deter her. <laughs> yeah? But when the jellyfish hit her in that manner, that was it. She quit. Listen, I say this because the evil one, the devil, he knows your weaknesses. He knows, listen, what your faith shaker is what's going to shake you up what's going to tempt you to to quit doubt god he knows your faith shaker he knows exactly what kind of pain will make you walk away he knows exactly what 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 kind of things that make you uncomfortable to the point where you shy and, and you like stay away he knows exactly what kind of trouble to use in your life, because we're all different, to, to tempt you to doubt God in your life, to shake your faith, you guys. This is what Paul's talking about. You've got to watch out, because when trouble comes, the tempter comes, and he knows. He knows how to get to you. This Puritan Thomas Adams once said, Satan, like a fisherman, basically, baits his hook according to the appetite of the fish. Isn't that good? Satan knows. Satan knows where we'll take that bait and bite and be tempted away to doubt God or quit. Say, God, I don't believe you anymore. So, so think about that. He knows what will cause you right, to, to doubt, to give up. Think about now. Maybe think back. When your faith did get shaken. Maybe you're getting, it's getting shaken right now. Or think back when your faith was shaking. You know those times where you do doubt God. Where you do like, you're getting angry at God. You're getting like almost bitter like, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you allowing this? Think about that when your faith got shaken. You're okay, right? You can tolerate a lot of things. You endure. But until this happens... You're holding on to the cross really tight until this thing happened. Did it have to do with finances or did it have to do with sickness or maybe relationship, marriage, whatever that was. Think about that. And think about now how Satan knows how to get to you. Keep that in mind. Are you going through a faith shaker right now? Watch out and know those are the things he's going to use. Watch out for when trouble comes, those kinds of troubles, the tempter comes. But know this, you guys. Know this. 
1 Corinthians 10, 13. Turn over to that. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Many of you know this verse. But I want to remind you, maybe this is the first time you're seeing this verse. Then let this be a promise to you. But 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. That not everyone goes through. God, like, like, oh God, why does it only happen to me? No. No temptation overtaking you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. What a great promise, you guys. God is faithful. You're not the only one that goes through this. And God, he's not going to allow something or give you something or allow Satan to do something. that He's going to be protecting you that you're not going to be able to handle. But he's going to give you that way of escape. That's a promise, you guys. God will not give you more than you can handle. God will not allow anything that he can't handle. Remember this. It takes two. It takes two, you guys, to make temptation successful. And you're one of them. So we have a choice. We have the way out. We can maybe be shaken but we can still be standing. Let's go on to, to number two, the comfort, the comfort here. Uh, back to, um, oh, number three, right, the comfort. Back to First Thessalonians chapter three, and we're going to finish up our section, verses six through eight. But first look at verse six and seven. It says, but now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you, For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and afflictions, we have been comforted about you through your faith. So Paul finds comfort. Why? Because he writes here in verse 6 that Timothy has come back now. He's returned from visiting you guys and and helping you guys out and exhorting you, strengthening you guys, you know, encouraging you guys and all that. Then he says, he's come back and we've we've been comforted because he brought good news of what? Your faith, how strong it is. Your love, how you love God. And I like this way. He says that you always remember us kindly and you even long to see us. You want to see us. And you know why that's important? Because they did not cave in and listen to the slander of the Jews and those who were putting Paul down and who were putting a missionary team down and saying, accusing them of lying, they're in it for themselves, all that we've talked about earlier. They did not give in in that way and fall prey to that. And so Paul says in verse 7, For this reason, brothers, in all our distresses and affliction. So Paul is also going through his own persecution, his own troubles, his own things, and it's hard for him. Because he says, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. It's been helping us. Knowing that you guys are standing, it's helping us. And then look what he says in verse 8, our last verse here this morning. For now we live. The NLT puts this, it gives us new life. We get new life knowing that you're making it through. You're standing, you're shaking, but you're still standing. And then it says, if you are as you are standing fast in the Lord. So isn't that wonderful? Paul found comfort in his own troubles, in his own affliction, to know 
that the Thessalonian believers, it's inspiring him that they're standing strong, even though they're being shaken. You know the Greek word here, uh, standing, in verse 8, standing fast. It's the Greek word, stekete, and it means to stand and maintain your duty. It's really a military term. It's about, you know, persevering, standing your ground, digging in, not moving, not at all. It's, it, it talks about doing all you can to stand, even if you're the only one. And so Paul's saying, oh, as you guys are, are digging in, standing fast in that way, oh, it, it inspires me. And then notice he says here in, at the end of verse 8, in the Lord, in where Jesus Christ, and that's the way we can keep going. That's why we can endure in Jesus. That's that cross in the middle. So lastly, Paul is very encouraged because of this, and this is our last point here. When it comes to standing fast in the Lord, it helps to be standing fast together. When it comes to standing fast in the Lord, it helps to be standing fast together. Uh, years ago, you remember back in 2011 when the tsunami, the earthquake and tsunami hit Japan, right? Remember that whole incident and seeing these whole horrific, crazy pictures, you know, and, and all? During that time, after the tsunami and earthquake and all, social network, networking on Twitter and Facebook actually just went up, increased. Um, all the phone service was down, like you couldn't call, but, but for some surprisingly reason, I think they were trying to shore up, the data networks were still up. So people could still like send um, uh, Twitter messages, Facebook and all that, and they could still communicate in that way. They could stay in touch with people. They could take pictures, send pictures and, and all that, and, and post things, and, and, and post things about missing persons and all of that. Twitter actually reported during that time that immediately after the dis- disaster, there was a spike of seven to eight times more users, and they say since then it hasn't slowed down. Interesting, one article said the 2011 earthquake and tsunami are forever linked with social media in Japan. Literally, they were shaken, right? By the disaster. But social media coming together helped everyone connect together and it made them stronger. And that's it, you guys. Yeah, we're going to stand with Jesus. We're going to hold on to that, cling to the cross there, cling to Jesus. But you and I can even get through better. Because when it comes to stand fast, standing fast in the Lord, it helps to be standing fast together. I'll tell you, it, it, it can get overwhelming, right? When the storm comes and a hurricane blows, when, when things are, are hard, it, it can be overwhelming. I mean, for me, I, personally, you, you know, it, it's been disappointing to me, the rise in the COVID cases, right? I mean, we've seen it, right? Oahu, even our own island. I mean, crazy. We're, we're in those triple digits now. I thought, it was, we're going to get through this. It's going to come. But now it doesn't look like that. And that's very disheartening and disappointing to me personally. I, I just found out my, my mother texted us yesterday that my uncle Shuchi and Auntie Akiko, they contracted COVID and, and their sons too. And they're like in their 70s. I think late 70s maybe, you know. So I, I'm, we're really praying, but that, that's disheartening. 
Maybe you know someone who's sick. You know, it's hard. Maybe the financial worries and now what's going to go on if it's continuing on, you know, what's going to happen economically all. Um, how about school just starting? That's so crazy right now, right? I know a lot of, you know, I'm sure a lot of parents are just struggling, you know, on that or college for you guys here even. And, it, you know, we're like all wondering, what is this future going to be like? The storm seems to be still raging in all of this. And I'll tell you, even though I find my strength in Jesus, sometimes if, if I don't talk to someone, right, if I don't fellowship just in myself, I get all discouraged and depressed. I was waking up a couple of mornings this week, like all down and discouraged. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just feeling all of this, you know. But you know what was great? To talk to the Lord. What was great? to then talk to someone. It was great to have fellowship with others. And, and we, you know, that helps so much, you guys. You know, to get outside of your little bubble of discouragement and sadness, you know. And then you talk to someone. We can encourage each other. And, and, and so that's what it means to be connected together. That's what it means. That, yeah, uh, standing fast in the Lord, that's great. But it really helps to stand fast together, you guys. And that's what Paul is so encouraging. Are you connected? That's what you got to ask. Are you connected? Maybe the struggles can be, uh, half the battle could be done when you start connecting. Yeah? When you start talking with each other. Uh, uh, joining in on the fellowships, like women's fellowship yesterday, or our men's next week, or come in and join us in prayer. You know, it, it really does help, and I think it's time for you and I to really fellowship like what it means. And let me throw this out. Those of you who are married, those of you who are dating, maybe it's important that we fellowship together. Because I know some husbands and wives, they don't fellowship in Jesus. They'll talk about everything else, but the Lord? No. And I think maybe it's time to do that now. We're supposed to be in this together, so let's not neglect that fellowship. Because I'll tell you, when we stand fast together, you know what happens? We'll close it up here. We remind each other of who we cling to, right? We cling to Jesus. We cling to the cross there. And we, we remind each other that, you know, God is still there. God is still in control. God has a plan. God is coming soon. And it helps us to get out of this funk, you know, this, this, this fog in our own brains. We understand as we talked, that troubles, persecution, sickness, suffering, it does not mean that God is not there anymore. I'll close with this. Corey Ten Boom once said, When a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away your ticket and jump off. You sit and trust the engineer. Isn't that good? I love that. So trust God, stick with Jesus, and you can be like the ones we're reading here, who are shaken but still standing. Let's pray. Lord God, you remind us of who you are, God. Remind us again that you are Lord of all creation, that you have the power, you have the wisdom, you are holy and righteous, and you love us truly, God, and you care for us truly. You're concerned for us like no one else. God, remind us of that of your grace and mercy toward us, of your provision and forgiveness, that, and that we are your children and you, you will never let us go or abandon us. 
Remind us that as a sovereign, powerful God, that there are that that the word oops is not in your language, Lord. It's not in your vocabulary. You don't say, Oh, I forgot about you. So let us come to you today and rest in your arms. No matter how the tempter's tempting us, what he's doing, what his strategies are, God. Let us be reminded that with you, Jesus, we can keep standing. Help us to stand today with you and in you through whatever storms we're going through. In Jesus' name, amen.